Hello and welcome to the Broadway Binge Podcast. This is Jeremy alone this week for your very first ever Broadway Binge mini-sode. So basically, it's really difficult a lot of the time for me and Hannah to both be free at the same time to record. We have such different schedules because she's an actress and I'm a lawyer. So there are times where we can't get an episode out by Monday, as you've surely noticed already. And uh, what I've decided is that to make sure you guys are still getting some content, um, sometimes if I know we're not going to be able to get an episode out by the next Monday and I happen to have a little bit of free time on my own, I'll do mini episodes covering some of the musicals that we've skipped over. Because we say every episode that we're covering the most important musicals from Showboat to today, but to a certain extent we have to just exercise our judgment on what musicals we think are going to be interesting both historically and culturally, what musicals you're going to want to hear about. Sometimes it might not be a musical that's super popular, but we think it's important anyway because of its historical context. I was a little skeptical about us doing the Three Penny Opera episode, but then we did the research and found that it was really important. So for those weeks where we otherwise would have no content at all, I figure why not use this opportunity for me to just tell you a little bit about some of the musicals that we wouldn't want to dedicate a whole week to with me and Hannah and a whole bunch of research and ratings and things like that. So this week I'm going to talk to you about Brigadoon, and this is just going to be a short little episode. I'll go over a little bit of the history and just play some songs for you so that when you go about talking to people about Broadway shows, if you haven't seen Brigadoon, now it'll be part of your arsenal. You'll be a little bit familiar with Brigadoon, like how we make you familiar with our other shows. And uh, this won't go into our full rankings. If we eventually decide we want it to, we can always go back and record with me and Hannah, maybe a guest or something. But for now, we'll just uh, get Brigadoon out of the way this way. So Brigadoon was written by Lerner and Lowe, Alan J. Lerner and Frederick Lowe. We're going to go into more detail about these two for the My Fair Lady episode that's coming up, so I won't go into their biographies right now. But basically, this was their big breakout show. Um, and then My Fair Lady is the show they're best remembered for. They were sort of like the counterparts to Rodgers and Hammerstein, the other two people who could write these great sort of Oklahoma-level shows. We already talked earlier about how after Rodgers and Hammerstein, theater could never go back. Now people had to do book musicals. They had to integrate song, story, dance. You couldn't just sort of interrupt the plot with a totally unrelated song anymore. I mean, you still sort of can. We still do see that in some musicals, but for the most part... Now audiences were craving more shows like Oklahoma and Carousel. So Lerner and Lowe came onto the scene, and we've already talked about how Annie Get Your Gun and Kiss Me Kate were Irving Berlin and Cole Porter responding to Rodgers and Hammerstein. But Lerner and Lowe were new. They were fresh. So they didn't they weren't old people changing their style to be more like Rodgers and Hammerstein. They came up in the Rodgers and Hammerstein world and sort of when they first started making shows their first instinct was to go for this post-Oklahoma world because that's the world they lived in now. And Brigadoon sort of goes, it's the way that Oklahoma is about, we're going to show you a story of cowboys and it's going to be fantastical. I mean, not fantastical. There were no fantasy elements. It took New York audiences to this rustic, different location, very escapist. Um, They were in the middle of a war and this is sort of showing old America, the good old days. And Brigadoon was a very similar thing taking New Yorkers to this country place, but now it's in Ireland, and also the good old days. But now there's also fantastical elements layered on top with this whole thing. Basically, the premise, if you're not familiar with Brigadoon, is that there's a town in Ireland which 
about three, four hundred years ago, decided that the town didn't want to go forward with the modern world. So the town will disappear and it will only appear one day every hundred years, which I don't think is very sustainable. Like I can understand one day per year, but one day every hundred years, it's like 10 days from now, it'll be in like the year 2600. And I mean, it just, it just doesn't seem sustainable. At some point, Ireland is going to get paved over when all of Earth becomes just one giant city like Coruscant and Star Wars. And so they're really limiting the amount of days that they get to spend together in the 1600s in the town of Brigadoon. I think that if they just were there maybe even once every 10 years, they could at least get in a good several weeks before the land that Brigadoon is on is destroyed for some other reason. But um, they weren't really thinking about that at the time. So Brigadoon, 100 years, nice round number. And two Americans are on holiday. Uh, one of them, one of them, played in the movie by Gene Kelly. Although in the original Broadway version, he was played by David Brooks, uh, not the columnist from today. It was an, an actor at the time. So Gene Kelly is engaged but not in love, and he stumbles upon Brigadoon and falls in love with this beautiful woman in the movie, played by Sid Charisse, and in the musical, played by Marion Bell. And he eventually leaves Brigadoon with his buddy because they don't belong there, but he realizes that he does belong there. And he comes back um, at another time and thinks, oh no, Brigadoon is gone for 100 years, I can never get back. But then the old man from Brigadoon comes out and says, if you love someone in Brigadoon enough, then it'll appear and you can come back into Brigadoon and live with us forever. So Gene Kelly goes in and they have a marvelous time and it's very romantic and touching. I saw this movie version for the first time in high school, I think, and I was very shocked at how much I liked it. When I rewatched it again for Broadway Binge recently, because we had been planning to do a Brigadoon episode before um, me and Hannah got our wires crossed and she sort of forgot to watch it. Anyway, so I watched the movie again and found it much more boring this time, maybe because I already knew what was going to happen, so I wasn't sort of sitting at the edge of my seat. But one notable thing about the movie is that the stage version and the movie are both choreographed by Agnes DeMille, who we know from choreographing Oklahoma and Carousel. And there are some marvelous ballets. I mean, Gene Kelly and Sid Charisse are both known for their dancing, so they do some absolutely wonderful dancing in the movie, and I highly recommend watching it for that reason. Um, it was really popular in the old days. Now it kind of has the same reputation as Oklahoma, like, oh, your high school's doing Brigadoon, like, what a lame musical for lame people, but there's really a heart to it, and I think it's underrated. I wouldn't say that it's as good as Oklahoma, and it definitely doesn't hold up today. If I were to rate this, I probably would not give it great scores for Is It Good, but especially at a time in the 50s, so this musical came out in 1947, and the movie is from 1954. So in the 50s and early 60s, there were just were fewer musicals for high schools and colleges to do. I know at me and Hannah's College Penn, I did some research into the old musical theater groups at Penn when they first started, and the two oldest musical theater groups both did Brigadoon as one of their first three musicals in like separate decades, but Brigadoon was just one of those shows that people would do a lot. It was really a big deal. So now I'm just going to play some songs from Brigadoon just to give you a taste for it, and that'll basically be it for uh, this episode. So here first I will play the Brigadoon theme, and um, I really like the sort of spooky but also wholesomeness to it.
This is the MGM Studio Chorus. I love these old studio choruses. Like from Disney movies. This is the MGM Technicolor Studio soundtrack, by the way. I couldn't easily find the... Oh, that's enough of that. I couldn't easily find the soundtrack of the original Broadway album. It's always possible there wasn't one, because this was still like pretty early in the age of soundtracks, but I'm sure there was one. I'm, I'm sure there was. Um, I'm going to skip ahead to I'll Go Home with Bonnie Jean, which is probably the most memorable song in this movie musical. Probably the best song, too. They reference it in a Gilmore Girls episode. I think Jackson wears a um, kilt to a certain event, which I'm not going to talk about because I would spoil a plot element. But anyway, um, and Lorelai says that he looks like he's going home to Bonnie Jean. This is a really good number in the movie, I'm sure also in the stage version, where Gene Kelly and Van Johnson, who's his buddy, Van Johnson was a really great musical comedian back in the day, the two of them sort of do a tap number while the Scottish men do sort of a, you know, like old-fashioned Scot... Like, you think of Irish river dancing, but this is Scottish, so I'm sure there's a different term for it. But it's sort of, you know, that kind of like Irish river dancing kind of dance um, alongside this tap, and they all do it together, and it's really wonderful. So I'm going to start playing a little bit of I'll Go Home with Bonnie Jean. really fun number there's not a whole bunch of songs from this that i would really want to play for you i'll play two more this first one heather on the hill is a love song that gene kelly sings to his love interest character and really the main reason the song is good is because of the dancing and it's followed immediately by another song almost like being in love which is the hit from brigadoon this is sort of like you know the radio hit that came out of it the the love song pop standard, uh, the classic conditional love song that we've talked about so much. So first I'll play Heather on the Hill and see if this is, you know, worth spending a lot of time on. Out where there's a hillside of Heather Curtsying gently in the breeze That's what I'd like to do if you've forgotten, Gene Kelly was the Broadway Joey in the original cast of Pal Joey. And then he sort of moved to show business where he did this movie, he did Singing in the Rain, a whole bunch of other stuff. And he directed the a few movies, including um, Hello, Dolly. All right, now you know what Heather on the Hill sounds like. 
Now we are going to play almost like being in love. Maybe the sun gave me the power For I could swim Loch Lomond Then be home in half an hour Maybe the air gave me the drive For I'm all aglow and alive What a day this has been What a rare mood I'm in Why it's almost like being in love There's a smile on my face For the whole human race Why it's almost like being in love All the music of life seems to be Like a bell that is ringing for me I really like that song. I had that stuck in my head for a while after I watched the movie of this a couple months ago. I'm probably going to get it stuck in my head again. Um, I'll see if there's any good music. There's a wedding dance, which is a really good dance number. I don't remember if it's also good musically. It might just sort of be like a medley of tunes from the and show. From the way oh, crap. That I It's weird that they didn't get actual bagpipes and they instead have like clarinets playing with a bassoon in the background to simulate bagpipes. Maybe that's strings in the background. Definitely clarinets in the foreground faking bagpipes. Editor's note, I've uh, gone back and listened to this and I think that might be oboes in the foreground and uh, I don't want my sister to be mad at me because I know she plays the oboe so I don't think those are clarinets. I think those are oboes. That's a bagpipe, okay. It's weird they would fake the bagpipe first and then bring in the real bagpipe. Yeah, okay, whatever, you get it. Um, great, so I think that's basically everything you need to know about Brigadoon. Um, I mean, I've already spoiled the plot for you. There's some really experimental techniques in the movie. Um, there's a section in New York that's sort of unexpected with a lot of weird, disjointed things going on. It's it's really interesting, and I recommend giving it a watch if you have time. I mean, there's so many other shows we talk about that if you have time to watch their movie version, maybe you should go do that first, uh, like South Pacific or something. But this is a good one. And I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it a little bit. So thank you all for listening to the very first mini-sode of Broadway Binge, and uh, have a nice day.